0: Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. All the rest. Tell me I'm Enough raw sex to elevate Tell every eyebrow.
1: Hey, watch your spine. Hey, easy now. Hey, Bella Cole. Oh.
0: Wake up, dog. I want you to be afraid. How does it feel? You're making a well sensation. well yeah, records the case history of a crime with the detailed accuracy of a fingerprint tough and tingly. He contains a 30 minute sequence of worldless movie making that is one of the most engrossing sequences since the invention of motion pictures. Suspense is almost unbearable. Would you? High-Fivers, this is your boy High-Five Tom, and I've got a a special return guest. We've got a couple seconds here on Showcase Through the High-Five Tom. Uh, The second is uh, the second time I'm having a returning guest, and also the second time that uh, our good friend Mr. Josh is coming on after our epic Carlitos Way review, but we also have got some firsts, actually some big firsts. Um, First first is uh, Josh and I are actually recording this in the same room. Josh is here. I'm looking at him.
1: He's Hello, prob- you're not looking at
0: me. When you can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, you know, he may not be excited that I, he can look at me. Uh, but we're also uh, the first time we are reviewing a movie. Listen, uh, with uh, when I did Death movie with Ethan, you know, I hadn't seen it. But this is a movie that neither of us before we started reviewing this had even seen. Uh, but basically, we are reviewing the 1955 classic. Uh, French noir movie, whatever the fuck that means, uh, Fifi. And I'm going to hand it over to Josh here real quick. And don't mind, we're actually eating. We've got wrestling here in a couple hours, so we're multitasking. So uh, if you hear chomping in the microphone, that's us enjoying these great burgers. From where, Josh? From the Fatty Fatty food truck over on 92nd and Berlay. Over here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, But uh, Josh, listen, this is your idea. Um, I really appreciate that. But how did you find this movie?
1: So, you know, you and I have been talking about... Doing a, another review, and we're looking at uh, Public Enemies, and then like randomly on my phone, um, the, there's an app on there that will just give you random top list uh, Flipboard, and one of them that just caught my eye because we were talking about doing a recording was the top 10 heist movies ever made. So I'm looking through the list and saw some classics that I knew and loved. Because, you know, who doesn't like a good heist movie? Heist movies are flipping fun. If you don't like a heist movie, you're weird. Yeah. Anyway, get to number one, and there's this French film from the 50s, Fifi. What are, what are you? I've never even heard of it before. It was number one? It was number one. Oh, shit. And, like, the blurb about it was talking about some of the things that we'll get into, like uh, some of the scenes in particular. <laughs> but... um but, but they were saying that basically this is the movie that all other heist movies have modeled itself after from that point going forward. So we did a little research, couldn't find out any streamers, but found out on Amazon. So I was like, all right, let's do this. Ordered it, watched it, watched it with you once, and then yep. watched it solo once. And yeah, it, it, I had no idea what it was. Fun, funny little side note though, I'm watching one of my uh, one of my favorite shows as well um, The Americans Right. and there's an episode in that that they go to a little you know, neighborhood theater yeah. and they're watching Rafifi and have a whole take on it as well so I apparently had heard about it about 10 years ago or whenever The Americans went off but hmm. didn't recollect.
0: Oh that episode was
1: that old? Oh, yeah, yeah. That show's, okay. that show's been off-air for, I'd say, it's got to be pretty close to 10 years. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. It, it's been off-air for, for a while.
0: Yeah, because actually, to prep up, I actually just went and watched that uh, episode with the American. Just because whatever. I figure what the hell. Yeah. You know, obviously, I have no idea what the fuck's going on because I never watched that show. Well, um watch that show, it's a, good, a really good show, especially if you like spy stuff and, yeah. Yeah. Cold War spies in America. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of spy shit lately, anyway, or books wise, anyway, so...
1: Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, and I'm glad you did. You know, and listen, full uh, full disclosure, we like to break down the fourth wall here. Um, and no, not fourth wall wrestling, but we're not going to talk about that on air. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, but we are going <laughs> to shout our good friend, uh, Mr. Joe Moncombe here. Uh, regardless, we'll see you tonight, buddy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so back... You know, originally this was supposed to drop in October, but your boy High Five Tom... Just life's been fucking weird. It hasn't been bad. It's been weird, and we kept pushing it off. So we're finally doing this. Yeah. Uh, but Josh and I, Josh came over. We watched it. And what was your first impression? Of the first first review.
1: First watcher. Um, so uh, first watcher, we did it in French English subtitle. The way that, right. the, the way yeah. the movie was made. The way that I I would say you're kind of supposed to watch it. Ideally, you do exactly what we did. You watch it once like that. You watch it once dubbed, and you know yeah. that way there are anything you may have missed. But my my first my first takeaway from it was blown away by a lot of things in it. But at the same token, was kind of like uh, I don't I don't know. Like there there were parts that felt really big, but then there were parts that felt kind of disconnected. Yeah. Where I'm like, all right, so why does that even have to come up in the storyline? You know, but. In the rewatch, it made a bit more sense.
0: Yeah, I, I wholly agree with that fact. Is um, Yeah, because listen and, listen, and you rewatched it in English, like you said. Yes. Re- okay. And the same thing I did, so I wrote the notes. Uh, because, you know, you're not spending all your time reading what's going on, you, you, you catch a lot things. more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was a little bit more awake. And, and to be honest with you, after the two rewatches, it got a lot better. Yes. I, I missed a lot. Agreed. Um,
1: and, and watching it, actively watching it, instead of reading and watching. You do notice other things, like, like just, just the way that, that he shot it, you know, like, I even, because we, of course, both studied up on this, um, tried to have a little bit of backstory. Like, I even thought it was kind of cool that if it was a sunny day, he would shut down shooting. Yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other directors flipping hate him for it because they're like, well, dude, you're making this take way longer than it needs to take, but it's because he wanted... Like light gray to be the lightest color you would see in there, you know. He didn't want there to be sunshine and daylight and everything, but just the way he shot everything was really cool. When you're able to actively watch it, you catch quite
0: a bit more of that. Right. Yeah. And listen, there's a lot I didn't know. and I didn't find that out till I think I saw that today. But now, we're kind of looking back, I'm like, oh, because I mean, this was really a gorilla production.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know,
0: and <laughs> we'll uh, we'll kind of segue into that still. So, uh, the director's name is Jules Dassin, and you know I figured, okay, we're watching a French movie. Dassin sounds French, for what little French I know. Yeah, you
1: know French Brooklyn. Yeah, same thing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Listen, yeah this motherfucker's born in Connecticut, raised in fucking Brooklyn. Yeah, he's he, he's American. Um
1: Yeah, he was blacklisted by by Hollywood. Yeah, the and what's kind of crazy? Not only was he blacklisted, but other actors. From other countries Were threatened by Hollywood That if you act in any of his movies You will never work again So yeah. I don't know what he did I, I, I'm assuming knowing
0: you and your homework You probably got a little bit more backstory Into what he did well, But holy shit
1: they really did not like him
0: Well <laughs> no I mean he didn't really do anything He was just part of that whole red scare of the 50's Okay um, When uh, you know of course Joseph MacArthur From Wisconsin surprise surprise Some political activist Want it, but I'm not going to get into that. That's you know the, the whole blacklisting is, is a whole other podcast. But no, he was he was called a communist. Okay, and kicked out of the country.
1: Yeah, I I, w- I was unclear as to why. I didn't look at the backstory as to why. He was blacklisted, but it, it was serious enough where they were threatening to blacklist other actors. That's why for this particular piece that we're discussing today, yeah. he didn't even use, like the movie was shot in France, he couldn't even use French actors because Hollywood had that reach into Europe. Right. So he had to use North African actors and play them off as Americans to even yeah. get them in there. So this is like a debut movie for 90% of that cast.
0: Yeah, and like I said, he it was slim Pickens into the fact. I mean, he's actually in the movie. Um. <laughs> out of necessity because he couldn't get anybody to, yeah. to do that part. Yeah, I guess the, the guy originally that was supposed to do it um, fell through or, or something like that. But, yeah, and who, who knows what's going on there. But, you know, he plays one of a pretty, ma- obviously, major role, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I didn't do as much research as I should have on this, but I guess it was pretty popular when it came out.
1: So, um it gross 500000 which for that time, you know, definitely not a bad takeaway for a movie that he has said that he doesn't even tell people how much it costs to shoot anymore because nobody believes him. It was that yeah. much of a shoestring budget. Um, he actually only ended up doing the movie because he was completely destitute and needed to do something to make some money. He actually yeah. turned down the project several times before taking because he was originally supposed to do this full book this movie is just a small part of a book and oh and and, oh yeah you didn't know that okay uh him and the author they met when uh when he got done writing his adaptation and the author just kept repeating to him where's my book where's my book he's like well we just want to use this story out of this book he's like no where's my book and it got to a point where the author actually pulled a pistol on Jules Dassin. Okay, yeah. And Jules Dassin just like, he said it's actually just busts out laughing. <laughs> and the author, in, in turn, busts out laughing as well. And they got along fine from that point. He allowed him to do the movie. But, you know, he, he turned it down and only did it because he was that hard up for money. I, oh. guess, I guess when you're blacklisted and you're a movie director, that kind of makes it difficult to, you know, be
0: profitable and <laughs>
1: have a good living.
0: Yeah, because I guess Dassin's like a big deal. I guess he's got Naked City, I think was in a movie that I've did. seen that before, too. Oh. That is an excellent movie. If
1: you've never seen it, it's weird as shit. Very strange movie, mm. but definitely worth a watch. Hey, mm. what's up? What's going on, Smoke? Sorry, uh, Tom, no,
0: Tom's no. cat just came to say hello, <laughs> and she's very shy, so she's glad her uncle Josh is here.
1: What's going on?
0: Um, um, and, and like it was inspired by what The Asphalt Jungle, I think it was another book. Uh, so, so, so,
1: yes, and it was also based upon an actual bank robbery. Hmm. So the the author of the book that this came from base that on a real life robbery that happened, I wanna say like nineteen fifty. Hmm. Which is fact they don't actually even rob a bank, but tomorrow tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's
1: up? Um <laughs> sorry, I'm being distracted by the yeah. cat here. <laughs> yeah, so um
0: I, I didn't do as much background like on you know that but it's you know it was Gorilla directing at its best. I, I did have one other thing to oh, note yeah, that am sorry
1: smoke kinda distracted
0: me but uh <laughs> okay
1: but anyway um like even like the critical reviews of this movie they said if he had never been blacklisted this movie would have been shot in greenlit in America and they said that it would widely be regarded as one of the top movies of all time so like it's got some backing it's got some like people know of it that yeah. in the industry like it's kind of a big deal, so for both of us who have never even heard of it, it was kind yeah. of surprising.
0: Well, I mean, I guess opening night, I mean, I guess it did really well in France. Okay. Um, I, I don't have the numbers, but I heard he pulled in Alfred Hitchcock before Alfred Hitchcock because, uh, Hitchcock was known, especially with Psycho, like, once you're in the movie, or like, once the movie starts, no one's allowed to come in. Right. Like, they don't want anyone to, and I guess Jules Tasson was one of the first people to do that. Um. So cycle is another movie that hopefully gets reviewed eventually, but that's another, um, you know, another story for another time. But uh, let's uh, let's jump into the review here real quick. But I do like that they do that. By the way, if
1: you're the guy who shows up late to the movie and you're making noise and having the light go in, you're kind of a dick.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, you've
1: got thirty-seven minutes of credits, making
0: or of uh, ads for upcoming right. reviews, You know, in. Um, yeah, so I should probably do, maybe I'll do an amendment, kind of like doing some more more of the numbers and everything, but, uh, you know, the start of the movie, you know, I always like the, you know, the old movie beginning credits, mm-hmm. Williams it's always kind of the tacky thing. Um,
1: it, it's kind of cool, though. It makes you think of yesteryear. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, a little shorter than always, um, you know, unless they don't have the credits at the end, you know, which Faith and I are always looking for our caterers. Oh, okay. We always like looking for the caterers. But, no, no, they had a, they had a head
1: chef. Oh, that's they're, right. Yeah, they had a head chef because this is France. They're fancy. They're fancy pants, but... <laughs> also, with the credits, like, there were no stars. Like, once again, all these people, like, 90% of the cast, this was their first run. So, they did it in the old school, off order. So, you can just allude, <laughs> you can assume, allude, yeah. a, assume that the first hand pops up is going to be your Brad Pitt or yeah. your, you know, your big name.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even realize that, so that's it's all medical. Um, but we cut to a poker game, and uh, of course, you know, there's a man smoking a lot, and of course he's losing. Uh, he's trying to borrow uh, $50 from Sonny, but uh, we later find out this is our basically, I mean, I think we'd agree Tony's obviously the main character of this movie. Yeah, Tony, I would say, is the main character and kind of like anti-hero at the same time. And we'll definitely get into that a little bit later, but uh, oh, I forgot to ask, so with that book, what was, uh, what was more of the stories? Do you have any idea?
1: No idea. No idea. I took this out of a blurb that I read. Um, you know, they were just talking about, like, kind of a trivial thing that, yeah. that that this was this was how he ended up presenting his adaptation to the actual author. Because, hmm. you know, he didn't write the movie. He adapted it from some, something that someone right. else wrote, just like every other movie is
0: pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, but just a little bit of dialogue in this, you know, like your typical... Gangster poker game and uh you know oh, yeah. little, they were tough guys. <laughs> yeah. And we definitely learned that Tony's definitely got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and we'll find out a little bit later. Uh but then we cut to a man sleeping on a couch, uh reading a newspaper and uh and a, a little uh, I like kids. I really do. We were all kids at one point, but Joe's fucking kid. <laughs> Tonyo? Yeah.
1: Which I do believe they didn't say it, but just based upon the relationship with Joe and Tony, I got to feel Antonio was named Antonio after right. Tony, like, yeah. you know, because Tony's kind of the one that like took Joe under his wing right. like, in the criminal world.
0: Yeah, and well, I mean, Joe took the die for him, to, uh, yeah. Tony, so, yeah. you know, yeah. but uh, yeah, we got a kid trying to hang his foot up on uh, on the line. so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is Joe, and we said this is a family man. You know, uh, he love picking up the kid of his foot and putting him on the couch and blah, blah. So it's a very jovial scene. Uh, but we cut back to Tony, trying to play on credit. Uh, but all the other players, they ain't having it. No, no, not at all. They're like, pay up or get, get the fuck out. Get your up. ass off
1: the table. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and you can definitely get the sense that Tony's trying to make a score. Not a score here, but trying to get, you know, back on his feet. But Joe comes in. Um, is a- after, after Tony aw- awakens, Joe... Joe gets the
1: call from Tony, like, right. hey, hey, you know, I can't play at this table, I don't have any money, can you help me
0: out? So Joe meanders on down to the saloon to to
1: kind of bail him out.
0: Yeah, bail him out, and then Tony costs everybody, or Joe costs everybody, he's like, do you fuckers not realize who Tony is? You know, and he says, quote-unquote, uh, small-time slobs, at least that was the translation. Yep. Uh, one guy with the hat takes exception to that, um... He thinks to pull a gun, but Tony sticks a pool cue in his face and then get it gets a little tense. Mm-hmm. You know, but it looks like Joe and Tony aren't right one to fuck with, so um they leave. Uh but we get oh but we get the sense you're gonna and, Tony and Tony obviously get the, each other's back, so Yeah, yeah. That's that's the beginning of
1: you seeing what their actual relationship is. Right. So just to just to kind of like it's gonna come up, but to to give y'all some clues here, not just like who the because Joe and Tony, why do they keep on talking about these random people? Basically, Joe's a younger guy who was trying to come up in the criminal world. Tony was kind of a big deal in the criminal world and took Joe under his wing. Something happened. They never disclosed what exactly all transpired. But uh, Tony ended up spending five years in prison because he didn't roll on Joe. Because mm-hmm. Joe's a young guy. He didn't want to see him, you know. Essentially screw up his life at a young age, so all right, sorry, just no, wanted to give some backstory no, no, exactly. to people. So people are like, Well, who the fuck are these random guys? <laughs> Alright, I'm getting here. Hi smokes. Um see you're getting
0: distracted by the cat too. <laughs> all the time. Um and I've seen Catch Me if you can, so I know French persons aren't no jokes, so um They leave. Um love that movie too, by the way. Good shout. Yeah, I love that movie. I mean Leonardo wasn't doing any bad, so um they're leaving and uh, there's an older couple uh older couple that Joe's know. Uh, you know, this is where we found out, you know, Joe's down his luck and like Josh just said, he just did a five year bid. Um Tony Joe, Tony. Tony's no. a five year bid, sorry, yeah. And uh Joe tries to keep Tony from uh from the smoky car room. So Joe's really kinda you know, it was kind of a little bit of a role reversal here. You know, Joe's a stable one and he's trying to keep Tony out of trouble, so um uh, then they go to get some coffee, and, uh, Joel orders three cups of coffee, and Tony's like, what the fuck's three for? Well, the third one's for Mar- Mario. Mario! In- introduce Mario. It's-a-me, Mario! <laughs> um, and the more and more I watch, um, Mario, I, he really, yeah, felt kind of lovely, definitely kind of, uh, that easygoing, mm-hmm. you know, character, but, uh. You know, we find out, you know, well, like, Tony did five years because he kept his mouth shut. You know, a Joe because he was so young. Uh, we also learn that Tony's got an old flame out there. Uh, Motto. I thought it was Marlo, but watching the credits, actually Motto, so it's M-A-D-O. Um, you know, his old frame is around, and uh, we will see her eventually. So, but yeah, then Mario shows up, uh, and he has a plan to rob the jewelry store. You know, And to so love the shot here, um, you know, they're sitting in the restaurant and they can see the jewelry store across the street. Cool story about that. They were not sitting in a restaurant. Oh. Once
1: again, they shot this on, on a dime budget. Yeah. What that actually is, is just a window frame sitting on the street <laughs> across <laughs> across from said jewelry store. No shit. And they just shot it with the camera looking at them from that direction. So it looked like they were in a cafe. Because they didn't want to have to pay to use a cafe for
0: the shoot. So, they're literally just in the street with a window frame. Dude, no shit? Yeah. That's... Fu- oh, man. <laughs> this movie's getting fucking doper and doper. Um, yeah, Mari should be yeah, playing around the jewelry store. You know, and it's... Basically, they're kind of doing more of a, a smash and grab. Because basically, you know, they've got the jewelries in the window. And, um. Yeah, they're thinking...
1: When the light turns red, hop out the car, bust out the window, grab all the shit, hop back in the car when it turns green, and drive off. Yeah. Not very technically savvy or, I don't know, impressive or out.
0: Yeah, and then Tony calls on a blockhead and he's like, you blockheads, there's more, uh, there's more alarms at the store than the fire department, uh, which is kind of a little bit of foreshadowing, we'll see later. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tony turns him down, um. Uh, but, you know, he's like, I would have done it if I was younger, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then we get a quick reference. Mario references the London guys. Um, you know, I guess some other famous burglary store did something similar fashion. So, uh, But next, Uncle Tony is playing with uh, the obnoxious brat, Antonio. Uh, he almost sounds joyful. Uh, but that's a good point, though. I never actually put two and two together. I mean, they probably named Antonio after... Just my guess, you know. Yeah, it makes
1: sense. So. Based
0: upon the, the dichotomy of their relationship. Yeah. I mean, Josh and I aren't only attached to the hip at, at wrestling events, we're also attached to the hip at watching movies. So, <laughs> uh, you know, and they found, uh, but they did find Motto. Uh, she's working at the Le Age Dura Club, um, which means the Age of Gold, which I guess is also a movie. Um, and she's running the girls for the club uh, and hanging out with the owner, blah, blah, you know, hang out, true quotes. That guy, by the way, is an ass. That guy is an ass. Um, his name is Grootair. We'll get to later. But in my notes here, once again, I'm right down the fourth wall. I just put it as Groot. I got stick a fucking type in, I'm Groot there. <laughs> So he is now called Groot. So I am Groot? I am Groot. Um, and he's randomly got a brother that's on dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's friends with the police in high places and blah, 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 blah. So you're a typical gangster kind of guy. Um, you know, running girls, so we don't know if she was just like... Cooking or... Yeah, we're not necessarily sure, you know, but it doesn't really fucking matter. The know? way they kind of spelled out, those is, is if she was kind of like the madam at this place. Yeah, and just feeling like the girls were there to entertain, but not... I mean, there's only so much you could do in 1955 on, on the movie screen, so... Right. Um... Had to avoid that dreaded NC-17. Right. You know, and, uh... Well, I mean, back then, I'm sure it wasn't even just a race. They are like, well, nope, your movie's not coming out. Um... You know, Joe tells Tony, don't go in there. They're a bunch of roughnecks. Uh, Tony don't listen. uh, And he walks into the bar, and uh, he does see Motto, and she's talking to her, quote-unquote, Mark. Um, Tony plays a tough guy, basically kicks him out. uh, And she finds out that he's been out for a month, and this is the first time we've seen her. Um, uh, He was in for five years. She thought that he was going to
1: be in a lot longer.
0: Yeah, and, you know... I don't know if Tony's hung like a horse or if he's really funny or something because <laughs> he's not a handsome man. No, I mean and, he, he looks—he looks to be at least twice her age.
1: Yeah, like he looks pushing fifty, maybe yeah. maybe sixty, and she's a hot like
0: twenty-five years old or yeah. so. And he doesn't seem to have a charming personality. Oh no, no, he's got um, the personality of cold coffee, which. which we we haven't heard that before we'll go into that but uh uh she does go home with him uh to his new apartment you know but it's small and he's all alone and you know she got rid of all the furniture yeah they Um, they used to have a place together it was like very high end very nice apparently yeah and you know she had you know asked her he asked her what to do with the old furniture um you know, she just sold it for cheap. She never had mind for figures, so he's kind of berating her. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he's like, "Well, I was arrested in March, and you are with so and so in Monaco in, in April. April." Yeah, um, she moves quick. Yeah, you know, she was in love with the juggalo from Morocco. Uh, she went. She went. Um, she went, or she claims that now she's with Groot. We're just gonna call him Groot from now on because he's a prick, like Josh said. Because he is Groot. Um, <laughs> you know, for protection. Meanwhile, Marvel's gonna sue you now because right? we, keep, yeah.
1: we keep dropping Guardians references. Yeah,
0: so if uh, Chad, if we get a, if we get, if we get a strike from Marvel, let me know. We'll, we'll re-record. Um, that's funny. And I if would, if that happened, like, dude, I I would be thoroughly impressed. I would. I would be too. I'm like, well, a, you guys are stalkers, and b. You know, well, I mean, this was a while ago, but I, had, I was still working at the bank. But I had a friend of mine; his his uh, fancy football league was something to do with the NFL, like their logo, mm-hmm. and the NFL put the kibosh on it game, like in like forty like five minutes. Oh, really? And this is back in like 04 so it's not like it was. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So. you would think they'd have much better things to do, you know? Yeah, but gotta protect that brand, as the kids like to say. <laughs> um, you must protect the shield. Yeah, but then uh, then he has to take off her jewelry. Strips her down. So
1: yeah, this this is where you realize that oh yeah, he is in fact a bad guy. You'll go to prison for five years just cause, you know, it's not like, hey, I'm gonna take this retreat, I'll see you guys in a nickel. No. Right. He he's a dirtbag. you know, he's got his demons. So yeah, he uh takes all our jewelry, has her stripped down, and then out comes the belt and just beats the shit out of her. Yeah, obviously they don't show up, which is nice. Yes. Um, you do see lashes on her back later in the movie. Right. But, but yeah, he just basically whips the show. He flogs her, lets her at least get her slip and dress back on, and then just shoves her out the door, no coat, nothing. This is winter. He keeps the jewelry. This, this is winter in France, and, you know, oh. just shoves her out in, in a slip and a halfway on dress. Um,
0: so you realize, yeah, he's got some bad guy in him. <laughs> so she doesn't scream. I mean... I don't want to make assumptions. I'm assuming you've been hit by a belt. I've been hit by a belt. I usually make some noise when I'm hit by said belt. It makes you wonder, is this out of fear? Or is this out she's trying to prove that she's stuff Or is it or something sort of, that they couldn't do censorship-wise? Like, they couldn't have a screaming, you know... Woman getting flogged? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's I what... I see
1: I'm being problematic.
0: Um, yeah, so I wasn't sure which one you think it is, you think?
1: Honestly, I think that... She probably didn't scream because she wanted to, like, kind of prove to him. Because when when he said, give me a ring, she literally just started taking off all the jewelry and giving him everything. Like, she yeah. wanted to go above and beyond to prove, no, I'm so loyal to you after you busted me out for yeah. running around. Now, granted, if your man's locked up for years and years and years, don't sit around with him. Move on with your fucking life. But, yeah. in those days and times, you're supposed to stand by your man or whatever. So I think that's what she was kind of trying to do.
0: Okay, so you think it wasn't a censorship thing, it was actually no. like an actual plot device? I think that she was just trying to, Okay. whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Unless um, I I've listened to other podcasts about this movie, and...
1: I never have.
0: So you, know, you got me beat there. <laughs> you know, and everyone's just like, Joe is supposed to be... Uh, or Tony's supposed to be the sympathetic character, you know, he did all his time, he's supposed to be the good guy, blah, 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 but... Well, he's had a tough life, and he's been in prison, but, yeah, once again, being a criminal
1: doesn't make you necessarily the good guy, come on now.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, and we, when we both first watched this, we are like, fuck this guy. This guy's a douche now. I mean, yeah, I mean, this guy, it, it's pretty vicious, you know, yeah. and it's... <sighs> did that change at all? Like, more watching the movie yeah, a little y- bit? Yeah, yeah, had to re because... <sighs> I don't think he's fully redeemable, personally.
1: No, no, he's not. Not at all. Like, every aspect of this movie still is a bad guy, but you kind of get desensitized and numb to, all right, I saw him do this crazy shit, and I saw him do some other crazy shit. He doesn't have, like, the... To bring up another character for something else. Tony Soprano became a lovable character even though he was a bad guy. He doesn't have that quality bo- about him. He's not a lovable character. Right. He's he's just kind of a bad guy, but you don't hate him as much. You get over his faults and follies and, you know, just kind of appreciate what he actually was. I mean,
0: honestly, I mean, for the rest of the I mean, yeah, I mean, he's breaking the law. I mean... He's doing, quote-unquote, bad things. But I, I mean, that was by far the worst thing he did in the whole fucking movie. Oh, the movie is a
1: heist of a, a
0: jewel yeah. robbery.
1: I mean... Uh, yeah.
0: But so, uh, so the
1: entire movie was a criminal enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't say, well, other than that, he was pretty okay. Because, no, he was the criminal the entirety of the movie. I mean, I got no talk <laughs> of criminals. But that's not our story. I so. mean, clearly, I don't either. But... <laughs> I'm just being realistic here and spelling out what's actually in front of us. All right.
0: Yeah. And then so, we, um, but we flashed to Mario, um, our boy Mario, getting a very aggressive back. <laughs> now, by the way, his woman, I loved her.
1: I thought she was fucking delightful, just hilarious, awesome. Yes. Just um, hilarious. Both of them were very. Yeah. They, they were very jovial characters. Like, yeah. Like, they were always, like, bundle of energy and laughing and joking, yeah. And they, they were fun characters to watch.
0: There's one thing, and we'll, we'll get to it Listen, when it comes up to the heist, that, yeah, with those two that just cracked me the fuck up. I, I watched, I rewound and rewatched it, I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Joe and Tony come over. Uh, you know, they're going to let Tony, you know, because Tony's now he's figured out you know, if I want to get my woman back, this is what she likes. I need some damn money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 20's in. And um, <laughs> Mario just gets out of the bath, walking around like it's, you know, I know it's France. Uh, I shouldn't say that I've never been to France, but I guess they <laughs> don't like clothes more than we do, so. Nudity uh,
1: is not frowned upon the way it is here. Here you can show beheadings and, and shootings, but if you see a nipple, God Oh, forbid. my God, <laughs> here you go. Man, how dare you! Right. So, so yeah, he just like like when they first open the door, he's like, "Privacy, what the hell?" But then when when they say that Tony's he, that, that Tony's in, he just hops out of the tub. He's, he he doesn't
0: care. He's swinging at the wind. <laughs> it was hilarious. Though.
1: Fun, fun fact: If you go back and watch that though, there's something that you missed. When he's out of the tub, you can actually see he's wearing boxers. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, there, there was a running joke that he was Modest Mario. Oh, really? Yeah. Because when he did that scene, he was actually wearing boxers. But the way that they shot it were with uh, Joe and Tony's backs kind of blocking the frame. So I say he's just swinging wind, you don't actually see anything. Right. But it was meant to be portrayed that way. But yeah, he, uh, he actually was wearing boxers in that scene. And if you if you re-watch it, as soon as he's getting up from a top, you see it. Okay. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> so yeah, oh.
1: Mattis Mario. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, okay, I heard that, but I, I missed a bunch. Okay.
1: So I do need to go back for one second, though, just, just to reiterate... I loved his girl. She was hilarious. So she's giving him an aggressive bath, as you were saying. Yeah. Like, literally, he's in the tub. She's washing him down with, like, some mitt of some sorts. And she just decides to fuck with him and, like, turns on the ice cold <laughs> water. And he, like, grabs her. He's, like, dunking her head in the tub. And yeah. they're both laughing this entire time. Like, yeah. I could have seen that be a domestic violence situation going right. wrong, you know?
0: Um, but, but yeah, they were they were just fun. But, yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, but Tony's got some rules here, Josh. He does. He he's does. Scared. He's um, and honestly, and this is where you see. Okay, yes, he just beat the piss out of his ex girlfriend. But you really see Tony's got a great brain for this. Yes. Obviously,
1: yeah. Th- this is where where I say like he's not the lovable criminal like Soprano was, but you see some redeeming quality in him um, in the sense that he's a planner. He uses forethought. He's not. Willing to do that smash and grab that they originally yeah. approached him with. He says, we gotta do shit a certain way.
0: Yeah, and, and his big one was no guns.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. A- anybody that is that's rooting against the no guns, come on, man. Grow the fuck up. You don't, you don't need to be going in murdering people to, like, rob something.
0: Yeah. I, I, I like that they didn't go that route. Um, Yeah, and he's just, like, basically, yeah, need a call with a, with a gun to life sentence. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, you know, and then Tony says, fuck the smash and grab, like Joshua said, and, uh, let's get this, you know, and he's like, yeah, I don't want just those jewels. He's like, I want the fucking safe. Yes. Um. Forget, forget going small, forget a couple of diamond earrings and brooches out the window. Let's, if we're gonna do this, let's do it big. And, uh, both Joel and Mario's eyes get pretty big, and, um, they all seem to agree that Caesar and Milan is the safe cracker that they need, so. Yep. Um. So Caesar
1: is in Italy, Mario is Italian, so they ask, do you know this Caesar? And he have, he just gets up, matter of fact, and marches to the phone and calls information and says, I need Caesar in Milan. <laughs> oh, two minutes? Okay, okay, thank you very much. Two minutes later, his phone's ringing, and just the random Caesar in Milan happened to be the right, because, you know, there's there can only be one Caesar in, in Milan.
0: Milan. There's only one. And they didn't say Caesar the cracker. They just had Caesar. <laughs> yes.
1: So. Um, so, so yeah, Mario reaches out because, you know, if you're Italian, you know every Italian. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: uh, but then their fence is in London. Yes. You know.
1: Yeah, which I'm like, all right. So, how are you going to, like, like you're stealing these from Paris with a dude from Milan, and then you're going to take them to London. You're doing a whole lot of transport with... Some ill-gotten booty, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, there, there wasn't big, bigs. I mean, I mean, TSA wasn't what it is now, so. This is true. This is true. I, I, I think that they would have
1: been pre-check qualified. <laughs>
0: right. You know. Well, and you have to remember, I mean, like I said, going from France to Europe, yeah, they're different countries, but it's like United, it'd be like us driving down to Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or flying down well, you know. Well,
1: we couldn't really drive to London from Paris, though, so, because there's kind of that water in the way. we we'll yeah, got a tunnel now, but I mean. <laughs> you know, yeah, but. This is 1955, bro. That's true. This, yeah. Come on, man. That's true. I don't think you can. R- I don't think they had amphibious cars either. No. Can, can't you see him going on, like, the
0: Dell's Duck? <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, yeah, he's taking a fucking rowboat, so. Oh, man. But uh, next, we see their skull in the place. You know, and this is where, I mean, really the first time, it sounds like the first time in a movie where, like, you see how they plan it. Yes. And, you know, we find... So, this is the
1: coolest shit in the entire flipping movie to me. I mean, I wish that... And and granted, most heist movies nowadays do try and show elements of this, but they went in depth with this. Like, this is, it, it's got to be at least a solid 20, 25 minutes, what you say. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, it's a two-hour long movie. It's hour 58. So, like, there are some long parts. This is one of the long parts. Um But, yeah, they, they they break down everything. Like, like literally, how they're going to get in and what what they're going to be dealing with. and. Uh, I'll, I'll let oh. you go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to overtake your uh, your podcast. Oh no, no, <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what you're here for. So, but yeah, I mean, like, like dude,
0: the alarm. That was that was dope. That was dope. I'll let you. Uh, we'll we'll get to that, but I was a little confused. So hopefully, because you're smarter than I am, so hopefully, you can kind of explain what happened. But we'll go from there. But, um, so was it the owners of the store that lived upstairs, or just like yes? Okay, that that yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, and then basically I really like the part where um, oh they never, the owners never really leave, so they're going to have to do this, that, or the other. Uh, but I do like Tony's testing Joe, mm-hmm. you know, so he walks him down the street, and Joe's got to name all the stores without looking, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, and what,
1: what times they're open. Mm-hmm. Um, basically just lay of land to make sure that they know, hey, at, at, at 5 a.m., somebody drops off something at the floor, so we need to be done by 5 a.m. And the cop that comes by to, to do a lock check, he comes through at 2 a.m. So, like, they're they're building the timeline, and they're really, like, they're they're casing out everything. They're doing all of their due diligence. You know, I mentioned the alarm. They actually get a replica of the alarm so they can try and figure out how to disarm it. Now, yep. the, the, the question that I have, and it's the same question we had with our first watch-through of it, where the fuck did they get the alarm from? Where did they get the alarm to test to play with? They bought it from Sure Alarms.
0: Did they? Yeah, that's literally what they did. Yeah, they oh, just bought okay. their own alarm. Yeah. That was... See, and this... Oh, is, that's, I'm assuming that's... I mean, that was what was implied to me, but... But see, this
1: is what I liked about this movie, and... Is that they actually went those steps to show you, okay, they, they obtained an alarm... All right. Now we'll see how this alarm responds to these different things. So they tried whacking the shit. They tried to, to you know, do different things to see what this alarm's functions and capabilities were. And this alarm was a really sensitive alarm. Like you know, if you stepped hard on the floor, the alarm's going off. If you, and this alarm is like if you ever go past the fire department when when their alarm goes off, it's an alarm like that. Yeah. Like you, you're not getting out of there, people will be alerted. So, you know, they're, they're doing all their uh diligence. They're doing all their due diligence to try and figure out a way through this and crazily enough just find out that oh, spray it with some shit and that will kinda of disarm it. They, like, yeah. Like they, they spray it with like essentially like a spray foam or like a, a, it's a, fire, a extinguisher. Fire, fire extinguisher. fire yeah. extinguisher. Yes. Which fun fact This movie was actually pulled off, pulled out of theaters in Mexico when it was in its initial run because apparently three different people tried that exact thing in uh, Mexico and banks. So they ended up pulling it. And also there was a bank in California that got hit with the same thing and the people got to wait. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so, you know, nonetheless, they're, they're going through all their steps and they're actually showing you, like, the the nuts and bolts of it. They're showing you the gears turning where you can see, oh, this is how we're going to get around that. Oh, that's cool. I kind of like that. And right. for me, like, that was, like, a real highlight piece of the movie that they showed all of this. Right. Nowadays, if you see something like that, it's not that surprising. It's not that impressive because you would think, hey, if I'm going to go knock over a liquor store, I'm not just going to walk in, you know, without a plan, you know. But back then, to to show you all that forethought, that that wasn't really something that was done back then, to show you all the forethought behind everything. Yeah. So,
0: well, off on tangent. No, you know, so. Yeah, and then Joel tells Tony that uh, he did visit Motto. Uh, Mm -hmm. He paid her back, um, but he says he wants (laughs) grouped. Yeah. Um, So that's going to obviously play into the movie. Um, And, uh, yeah, and Joel wants to help, but Tony's like, I'm going to do this alone. Uh, but then we see Groot and his dope-sick brother, um, and it <laughs> seems like his... Uh, that fucking kid. Ugh, yeah. Well, and his brother's fucking force-feeding him drugs, so it's well, just, you know... His brother is also slapping the shit out him every three seconds. You know, so, um, yeah, real quick, so just, uh, yeah, his brother's, like, trying to break in for the... Dr- yeah, that was kind of awkward, but... Um, now, I wish... Um, We could find this clip in English. Uh, But the boys go to the club with their escorts. So Mm -hmm. Joe's got somebody else. Uh, They're under assumed names, doing the whole time. This is the first time we actually see Rafifi performed. Yes. And Uh this
1: was really cool, really well done. Like, I really like the camera work here. Yeah. Like, it was kind of visually stunning, especially considering it's in black and white and their big breakthrough that they use as far as, like... uh, effects was they had a fucking whiteboard up there and they were using silhouettes yeah but just the way that was done it was really cool looking um as Tom just said they performed Rafifi Rafifi not only as a title but it's also a song that was sang in the club yeah um but the streets are rough and tumble they are rough and
0: tumble because the Rafifi means trouble yeah uh (laughs) Yeah, and listen, I love the story. I wish we could find it in English so I could put the clip in mm-hmm. uh, because it really kind of defined the stories. But, uh, you know, but yeah, it basically tells a story in the lyrics, yeah. which we read. But I listen, yeah, it's, it's even in the English dub, it's still singing in French. So,
1: yeah.
0: Um, yeah, Mario's there with the safecracker Cesar. And we finally can yeah. see Cesar. Who is Jules Nassau? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you point out to Yeah. Me. <laughs> But Caesar and uh, Tony
1: little, you know, little slightly contentious.
0: Yeah, you know, Tony doesn't like. Uh, he's not impressed because you know Caesar dressed like a jiggalo, and Caesar's not impressed because Tony dressed like a tramp.
1: And Caesar is a ladies' man, like very flamboyant, and like he he's trying to take your lady off your arm while
0: you're like
1: kissing her. He doesn't yeah. give a fuck.
0: Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, and basically then uh, Cesar and uh, the singer, whose name I forgot to type down, we do find out later, but they get on the dance floor, uh, as does Joe and his date, you know, uh, when Groot walks out and walks past Tony, and Tony costs him. So now Groot and Tony know who the fuck each other are. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Groot knows his name. I mean, Tony is kind of a legend, uh, but he thought he was still in jail. Boy, never heard that one before, but he's like, congratulations, you're out. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, but he knows Tony used to be with Motto. And he also knows that Tony can be a danger. Yeah, and but uh, she's with Groot now. And he what is very, she? What is she really? You know, we're <laughs> gonna find out. Um, you know, and this, in then Groot's just like, "That's just life, man."
1: Ever since Tony took bottle from 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 her John in that earlier scene, you could kind of tell she's his.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, she says jump and she says how high. So, yes. You know, and uh. So oh there, yeah, and there, then there's a definite tension there, though.
1: With, yeah, uh, with Groot and Tony.
0: Yeah, and Tony better not come after him. So, uh, but Joe checks on Tony, and uh, Joe's date says Motto is now out of town, mm-hmm. and because she left town after the beating. So, also Joe asks if Motto said anything to Groot, and Tony's like, she didn't have to. It's trapped all over her back. I'm like Tony. Just when you were a little less of an you, asshole. Yeah,
1: you're starting to redeem yourself, and then you need to point out, <sighs> hey, I shit in the corner there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, and then they walk out, uh, and I believe they tipped a hat checker out pretty well, I think was the impression we got. I think uh, like, yeah.
1: I I think Caesar wanted to give her a little bit more than a Right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I mean. Once again, he
0: mm-hmm. he
1: he was kind of the ladies' man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. But yeah, there. Uh, but we find out there's a you know the fence and phone, or they do find out. Um. Oh, they got a post uh, a post message like the um. The, the telegram. The yeah. Thank you. Uh, the the <laughs> the. Um, one can handle their proposition. Yep,
1: yep, the fence is in. So the proposition, uh, like we had said, this is a heist movie. They're robbing a jewelry store. They need to procure a fence to make sure that they could offload these jewels because, you know, it kind of sucks if you steal two point eight billion dollars worth of jewels and have nowhere to go with them.
0: Yeah, I mean they don't do you a lot of good. No. So um, they look pretty, I guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that don't pay the bills. Well, yeah. for some of us it does. Tom gets paid for
0: his looks. Well, yeah, so that's why. I, <laughs> oh, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and this, like we talked about earlier, this is really kind of where they really, really dig into the whole planning thing. Um, you know, they're they're taking, uh, using some powder to get the key. Uh, they're measuring the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Caesar Casey. Oh, and we see, see so this kind of confused me. I know this is a bigger part of the movie, but I missed something here. So where Caesar actually goes into the jewelry store, mm-hmm. so he buys the fancy lighter. I um, mean, he needs the phone, and that's where he discovers the sure alarm, which I love. I mean, yeah, what a name for an alarm,
1: sure yeah. alarm. Well, that yeah, that's that's why they were doing all their due diligence, why wider case, and everything, so he knew like. What type of alarm? I think I think that we kind of went a little bit out of order here. Yeah. No. Because yeah, like like what I was talking about before. Right. Yeah, that happens after this point. So I'm sorry, guys. To get I, a little bit. By the time. way, yeah, Josh,
0: <laughs> Josh is super smart. He does this without. No, I've got this all written down in Josh's defense. So. I don't know how you you and my buddy Will get along great because he does this fucking Ring of Honor shit. Shout <laughs> to Will, he'll take notes. I'm like, God damn, I've got all this shit written down. But- he,
1: he, he right now has two computers going. He's got <laughs> he's got shit written on his hands. He's count. He's got his socks and shoes off so he can count. Um. Right.
0: I remind you, I do have to email him. The notes getting worn off. Case so. and point,
1: I was not kidding. <laughs> but, but yeah, I did. I did kind of kill the timeline there a little bit while I was talking about all the work they're doing on the alarm it's after what Tom's talking about now where yeah, Cesar goes in there and he buys his lighter and he basically he's casing it and right. trying to see like what they have in there so you know what they're working with. But now, how do,
0: against. now how do I ask this question without giving it away? Because we know what happens later yes. after the heist. Yes. But nothing of that I mean he just bought the lighter, got all the information, right? He didn't did he hawk a ring? He hawked a ring Okay. At, so at so that, that I time miss- as well. And then, okay. Don't you remember when we first right. watched it? That's what I like, thought. I was
1: like, what the fuck are you doing? You're pointing at yourself. So, okay. So, so yeah, he, he, he bought a letter, he hawked a ring, and he, he essentially just cased things to see the layout of the room, where the safe
0: was located... And where the alarm was and what type of alarm. Okay, so that... So we did hock it. I don't know how I yes. missed, that. missed it. You even mentioned the first time we watched it, and I'm like, I missed be, be, it both times.
1: To, to me, like when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, this, this is going to be their unraveling. So. Sure. Sorry, people. Oh. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right. That being said, if you're listening to a movie review and you don't want a spoiler,
0: you're kind of doing it wrong. Right, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, then we go to see where they're trying to crack the super sensitive safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and Mario's reading the instruction books. So the impression I got was that the money that he that uh, Tony took from from motto he used to probably like buy purchase
1: his, the the the, the, the yeah. or, or, or well or
0: Caesar talked the ring so he had money now too so right.
1: Okay. But yeah, the I, I was presuming the money from the jewelry he swiped off a model when he made her strip down. Yeah, that he hocked that and used that too, because the ring was actually the very first thing when they first got with, going back to Tony Amato's initial meeting before the beating. The very first thing that he said to her was like, "I'm I'm gonna need that ring." Yeah, and she took off the ring before everything else.
0: I wonder if that's the ring that Caesar hocked. That is ring this Caesar. Hall. Oh, see, I missed all this. Okay, see if I were team here, John.
1: Okay, <laughs> now, now is that's now. actually like, um, do you have the camera on? No. Oh, okay. I always thought it good. Just do this in front of the screen. Yeah. But that's why, like, actually, the cover of the movie is the hand holding the ring. The ring, because that's the ring. It
0: all comes back to the fucking ring. Yep, and,
1: and that's why Motto was an important character. That's why. The lounge singer was an important character because the ring comes into play with both of them and, mm. with, and with Tony and
0: with Cesar. Yeah. It, it, it It's a catalyst for a lot of things. Maybe I'll put that in the post. I like that. Okay, I, I see? That's why we're a team here, Josh. <laughs> you, you know, I take notes and you catch shit that I miss that's, like, very important to the fucking story, so... Sure, sure. Um, but this, and right away, so they're, Mario's reading the instruction book. And listen, I love Mario. And he just, so fucking funny. He, and he just slaps his head, he's like, god damn alarms are hard to make a living, so. <laughs> so basically,
1: is it, so the alarm is just what, super sensitive? Yes, so it had vibration sensors, so if you were to bang the wall, or bang the floor, or, like, smash a, a glass case with jewels in it, the vibration would, would set off the alarm.
0: So basically like break a circuit and set off the alarm? Exactly. Okay. Um, but they can't cut the wires because then the circuit's broken. Be- because there okay. th- there was a relay battery
1: attached to it as well that was inside the casing of the alarm that you could
0: not gain access to. Um, and I did like the, the part where they're seeing how hard they can hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, I do you know Mario starts singing, uh, you know what happened? Oh, he's just singing basically when the power got you know happens and the power gets cut and they all get arrested. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, during
1: during all these scenes, the fucking alarm is going off because they're just like in a abandoned warehouse just on testing yeah. out this alarm to see how they can disarm it. It just keeps going off. It is a blaring fucking screamer, and yeah. you're just like, "Holy shit! could somebody take that alarm
0: out?" <laughs> so basically, they use the fire extinguisher. And that just deadens the alarm. So it still so, goes off. So, so the alarm was still going
1: off, but the foam got between the hammer and the bell, so it deadened the sound.
0: Okay. That's kind of what I thought. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, so And that was basically just like last inch, fuck, I don't know what to do, and start spraying with the fire extinguisher. That worked. And, and it happened to work. Because it's like, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. When, when, because the alarm, the way that's, the, that's set up, it's like, if you think of an old school alarm clock where it's got the hammer and the two bells and just keeps going back and forth, yeah. essentially that's the way that this alarm was with a hammer and a bell. The phone gets in there, it's greatly reduced that noise where people on the outside are not able to hear it.
0: Oh, okay. That's kind that's kind of what I thought. So, okay. Yeah. Um yeah, and then uh, he smokes. Uh, Tony figures out, you know, they can use a fire extinguisher, and uh, Josh. That is the last word spoken in this movie for the next thirty some odd minutes. Thirty-two minutes of silence. So now, normally, I would put a clip of the heist in the podcast. However, as this is an audio podcast, yes. you're gonna have 32 minutes of nothing. Well, so, no,
1: no, no, that's not entirely true. Well, you do it. You no could, dialogue. You do have the sound when Joe accidentally backs up and hits a piano key, but that was the only thing to break oh, silence maybe. for 32 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and actually, fun fact. Um. The the other so Jules da- Das and. Was the main guy behind the movie But of course he had a team And one of the directors on his team Was very very much so saying Well we, we need to have some epic score During this scene We can't just have silence So and, and Jules keeps on, No 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 we want silence Because gonna show you how they all work together And like it'll be good It'll be good This other director actually goes out And makes his own music for it Jules loves the music, but then he's like, all right, sit down. And he played it for him with the music. And then he played it again for him in silence. Even the director that made the music was like, no, silence is the way to go. Yeah. But like, like this actually, I know it's going to sound crazy to you guys, but this 32 minutes of silence was like, it was really cool. Like, it. You wouldn't expect to see that. You wouldn't expect to hear that. Like, that's not what you do in a movie. They said Dead Air kills radio, you know. Yeah.
0: Um, this was this was cool. This was different. I liked it. Yeah, it, I mean, it really kind of set the pace. Um, you know, like we had talked about earlier, um, you know, or I, I texted you earlier, that, uh, you know, I was, to prepare for this, I was watching The Town, probably one of my favorite heist movies, and Heat, which I had not watched Heat in a while wow, that movie fucking aged very well. Incredible. Like, as you watch it more of a mature adult, and the mature mind's a lot better than I thought it was. But there's a scene in Heat. So have you seen I mean, you know Heat pretty well? So that first robbery where they almost catch those guys? hmm Dead silence. Yep. And yeah. where do you think they got the inspiration for that? They, right. We know. Um, you know, we'll kind of go with the, the, the inspirations and influence of this movie on a little bit later on the podcast. But
1: Well, well to go back to that silence as well... To me, it also helped build a heightened sense of tension. Like, right. Like, because there were certain noises you would hear. You would hear, like, you know, like I said, when Joe backed up and bumped a piano, yeah. you, you heard the one key he pressed, and you heard him close quietly the, the, the key door. So, no way to bump it anymore. Um, and, and you would hear, like, when they were using the hammer, you hear a slight ping, ping, but not like a full-on hammering. So, there were sounds there. But like to have no dialogue, no music, like it just heightened the tension. It gave a real cool feel to me.
0: Now it wasn't just the heist though that was silent. So I mean, the silence did start a little bit before that. Correct. Um, You know, first you see Joe Joe goes home. Uh, He's got his pack. I think his wife knows what's going on. She knows
1: Uh, some shit's about to go down.
0: Yeah, she's now. This is this is where I fell in love with Mario. Um, You know, she's not happy. Mario and his girlfriend. Uh, they say goodbye. Did you notice what he did? Just uh, in a nipple.
1: <laughs> I did not notice. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then they just left. That was how he said goodbye. Um, I'm okay. like Mario, and I, I gotta find. Her. I know her name's kept in here somewhere. So
1: now, now you try and
0: do that nowadays, and you got a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, and then we see that Rafifi lady. Uh she's she's not singing, but she's doing her rehearsing, um, doing all kinds of yoga. You know, so that's Cedars' girlfriend and whatnot, and uh, Cedars comes says goodbye, and uh, you know it's the last bit of even music for, for, for the for the first year for foreseeable future. Uh, Tony's alone, he's smoking, uh, but he cautiously gets the car, picks up the boys, and off we go, Joe. Now, by the way, Tony, this
1: entire fucking movie has a constant recurring. <coughs> <coughs> They're trying to foreshadow he's saying, but he's got like cancer, something along those lines.
0: Like, the, the, it's it's pretty prevalent throughout the movie. Now he looks like he's 60. Do you think he was 60 or do you just think he aged A because he was smoking and B because he was in prison for five years? I think that he looked 160. <laughs>
1: no. I think, that, I think that he was supposed to be 60. Um, Vivian. That's her fucking name. Okay. The The woman that sings Rafifi that is Cesar's kind of girl of the moment. Yeah. Vivian.
0: Um, but then uh, the boys are there, uh, show up. They ring the quote-unquote concierge, which is the owners. Uh, they grab them, hold them hostage, and, you know, I kind of missed it. So, obviously, they blindfolded them right off the bat, right? So, they couldn't see mm-hmm. where they were. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of missed that. But, yeah, the music stopped it. I even listened on here at 46 minutes and 55 seconds. So, we've got a ways to go. Uh, this is where we start to see the plan. Uh, you know, all the planning start to unfold as they're getting the room set up. Uh, and I really like how Daston, I mean, it makes sense, but use the clocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know this is on a time crunch, but know how much time's going by without saying how much time's going by.
1: Well, and also because, once again, like when, when Joe and Tony were walking the streets, Tony was making them say, well, hey, what time does this shop open? What time does it close? What time does this shop open? What time does this person get delivery? So those clocks were very important because they were doing it on a specific timeline. Right. And their goal was they want to be done by five because that's when the florist gets her delivery. Yep.
0: Um uh, yeah, like like Josh mentioned earlier, Joe keeps bumping the piano. Uh, so they picked up the piano and put a rug under it. So um but they haven't mapped out where they need to dig through because basically I actually don't even think we explain what they're doing. So so yeah. So <laughs> probably, so, probably so, a big, big part of the fucking story. So, so,
1: so yeah, we should probably explain this. All right. The 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 jewelry shop is ground floor on the corner of a busy street above it is a lavish apartment that the owners of said jewelry store live in so what they do is actually instead break into the jewelry store they break into the owner's apartment they grab them as, as Tom mentioned before tape them up blindfold them blah 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 the whole nine and they are now above the jewelry store because remember the way that their alarm is set up, vibration, they can't just break through the wall, plus the way that this jewelry store is set up, it's glass windows on all sides of it, but they got to pull down like garage doors when they're closed for business. So they really had no access from there. Right. So their their thought, their plan, we're gonna go in from above. Yeah. So they, they break into the apartment. And they, they have it mapped out where they need to start digging through the floor to get in to the jewelry store to disarm the alarm. Um,
0: oh yeah, and so uh, they have it all mapped out where to dig, you know, dig through the ceiling, quote-unquote, um. And then they slowly start plying the, or prying the floor apart. Yeah, some nice, some real nice like parquet floors. So yeah, really yeah. cool looking. <laughs> and uh, this is where uh, Caesar, Caesar and Tony actually have a little bit of a moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think Caesar had a tough time putting some together, and Tony sure to do it. So nice little, so maybe they're getting along. Uh, but then the slow. I even used the big word arduous Mm -hmm. process. I didn't spell it correctly according to my spell check here, but what the fuck ever, I know I'm talking about. (laughs) Uh, Process of slowly hammering a hole into the floor. You know, like we talked about earlier, they had tested, so they knew how hard to hit. Yep. Um,
1: And they were worried about sound, so they literally, even with the mallets that they were using, they wrapped them up in socks and... Yeah. Yeah, they, they made sure that noise was
0: deadened because they didn't want anybody from the street hearing what was going on. Uh, so then, they, so I've got two. Pr- I know, know you're supposed to suspend disbelief, you know. But uh, the cop shows up. Hey. the cop, the cop, the cop, the cop hammers on the wall on the gate. Mm-hmm. That doesn't set off the alarm. So once again, they're
1: they're like garage doors are so separate from the beginning. There's a there's an air gap between the actual window and that garage door was pulled down. So no, that would not set off set alarm. If you would knocked on the window, it went off. But why the fuck do the cops show up at the same time every night? Because people are stupid. People are creatures of habit. Um, but if you but if you think about it, like literally every heist movie ever, what they try and get people's patterns. Yeah. That's why, like, like different jobs I've had over the years where I had to like cash handle and go to banks. They would always they would always train you. Take a different route every day. Yep. You no. Know? Make a left instead of a right this time. So if it takes the extra three minutes, you know, right. like, like, because people do fall into very typical patterns. I know full and well, if I want to catch you on a Friday ICW night, I could be standing <laughs> on the corner of 57th and fucking Lloyd and you're going to come past me.
0: Yeah, there's a good, good <laughs> chance. There's a good chance. So um, that's funny. So now everyone knows where I live. So everyone, so if anybody wants I to rob fifty
1: seventh of Lloyd, that's nowhere near where you. Well, are. that's true. But I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to come rob my my not two thousand five Subaru that now has Wisconsin plates after four and a half years. So you
1: are no longer an Idahoan. Yeah.
0: Um, so uh, the cop, yeah, goes in his predictable pattern, sees a pack of smokes, um, questions it, but ultimately just throws it on the ground. Yeah, I so, hate litter. It so so, really
1: hurt me. I so, know. so, so, yeah. This is while they're doing the heist, and and like a, like I mentioned earlier, like they were clocking everything. Know what time? So sure enough, you see one o'clock. Essays are set up in the apartment, and you see that's two o'clock. So they cut to the scene of the cop, yeah. do, doing the beat and knocking on the door, making sure everything, you know, there was no funny business going on. Unbeknownst to him, there was all sorts of malfeasance happening.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I hate litter. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. And they had to watch <laughs> the street because um, they turned turning the lights on and off. I just thought that was weird. I Is that it? So I mean, I, I mean, I get like why the lights wouldn't be on, but I mm-hmm. guess they would have questioned if the lights were on, but um don't they have flashlights they could i don't know that just seemed weird but once again it just shows how anal tony is but tony's the brainsless of top it's literally the brainsless operation yes. which we will see later on
1: criminal element is his element
0: yeah uh the thing i really did like so obviously they've broken through uh you know but they couldn't make any noise so they threw the little handkerchief and they could see the air flowing through it so
1: yes so so they're chiseling through this uh subfloor after they got up the parquet floor and once they finally got through, once they got a hole there to make sure that they that they were actually all the way through, they threw that hanky up yeah. so so the air draft would pick up the hanky. Yeah, it's a cool visual because yeah. it's not necessarily what one would just think to do. They, right. They would just keep hammering away and next thing you know you got all, you, the whole fucking floor caves in yeah. underneath you. <laughs> um, they were being very persp- precise and specific with what they were
0: doing. Yeah. Um and then uh, they realize they have a dirt problem. So yes. Obviously, if they're hammering through the floor. Um, going down to the downstairs. Now, now, now this
1: did you hate or did you love? Because I loved this. Fucking loved it. I loved, loved this. Oh. The, this solution was so awesome. Oh no!
0: I woke up Faith and I brought her in here. I'm like, "Oh, watch this part. Watch this part." Dude, She's that, like, yeah. that
1: was so cool. So for people that don't know, because they haven't yet watched the movie, they did something. That 99% of people would not have thought to do. And I thought it was very cool. And that was they tied a rope to an umbrella, dropped the umbrella through the hole, opened the umbrella, and now they could keep chiseling away. All the debris falls in the umbrella. They pull it back up. They empty it out. Yeah. Very, very smart way of going about it. Like I, Like I said before, what I really appreciated with this movie was how thorough they were with it and how they showed you, like,
0: the gears turning. I thought that that was super cool. Now, this is teaser's Umbrella. hmm Now, they didn't plan this, right? This just happened like, oh, shit, and they figured it I out? I think it
1: happened in the moment. Okay. Because when they were doing the initial planning, it never came into play. I think that literally happened in the moment. He's just like, oh, shit, I got this.
0: <laughs> um yeah, and like I mean, said, I mean, who has an umbrella? But he always has an umbrella because that's a thing that fancy pants people do. Yes. Um, yeah, it'd be fun to realize like, who thought of that. Marty Skrull has an umbrella. Well, that's really funny, <laughs> Josh, that you mark, because my, literally my next sentence is, is that why Marty Skrull's got one? Yes. Literally, it says it right there in the notes. Because he is a fancy lad. Right? Literally, <laughs> it literally says it right fucking there. So, obviously, we're on the same and, wavelength. And,
1: and you know what? Every good villain should have an umbrella.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, that's fucking hilarious. I mean, I'm not kidding, folks. It literally says, "Is that why Marsh Girl has one?" This is, this is true. Josh Gang, I, I, I can, it. I can yeah.
1: see and verify he does have. Yeah, um, <laughs> that is that is humorous. Yeah, our minds are one. Yeah, well,
0: maybe we should be scared by that. Nah, fuck it. So. <laughs> I, mean, I don't give a shit. So, um, like I said, we're pretty much attached to the hip at this point. So, uh, but yeah, they have to knock knock the dirt in, scoop it out with the umbrella. It takes a while. Uh, you use the clock, you see it's taken two hours. It's now around 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. So they've got the 5, I think it was 5 a.m. was the five a-
1: 5 a.m. was when they wanted
0: to be out there because of the flower delivery. Uh, but yeah, now the hole's big enough. Uh, Joe was exhausted, obviously, because it's oh, yeah. very tedious. I mean, yes. he's, you know.
1: And Cesar could see that. So when he grabbed a bottle of wine, because, you know, when you're doing a heist, best thing to do. Get lit, yeah. <laughs> I, I fuck, you know. So he grabs a bottle of wine. He's about to swig. And he's like, "Nope." Gives it to Joe. So <laughs> Joe had been the one doing all the hammering and pounding. He was doing the lion's share of the of the grunt work, right?
0: Um, and he'll be
1: doing some more grunt work here in a little bit. Oh, dude, the most uneasy moment of the movie to me. But yeah, we'll we'll let it get there. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's all so, I'm gonna say. So then they, they, they go ahead and they've got they've got a metal rod that they drop across the hole. Well uh well one of them I believe that was uh, Tony went down first. Uh, no, 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 no oh. what I'm saying I believe that was uh Mario stood on the ends of the rod to one side oh. and they had a rope with knots on it to climb down right. to get into the area with the alarm. So, yeah, you were, you're you correct. Yeah. Tony went down first. With and, the fire extinguisher, and obviously. He, and he is just profusely, like, you could tell he was kind of spent. He wasn't doing well. They actually cut to a, a very close-up scene of him where you just see sweat just pouring off. But he looked like he was in a fucking sauna. Yeah. And then the coughing starts. And he's just like, Fuck. Because, once again, vibration, sensitive alarm. He's saying three inches from, and he starts having a coughing fit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but the alarm's hidden by some shelves. So, obviously, he's going to move those. I think that was part of the thing I caught. Uh, and then he gets the clogged bell and, you know, clogged up enough to silence it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you could still hear an alarm, but, once again, it sounds like... Essentially, like you're throwing a sack of nickels on a carpeted floor. Like, it's very, very deadened by, yeah. by the... Uh, by the spray that you put in there, but it allowed him to then be able to cut the power supply, open the alarm door, and then um, actually stick something in there. I couldn't tell what it was. He puts right. he put something in there between the hammer and the bell,
0: so they didn't have to worry about it becoming more of an issue. and I guess. his sister hasn't been fed yet, but she goes on the wall. So put, oh, and he knows I'm looking at him. Oh yeah, he heard you call him.
1: Oh, boy. So you heard oh. me mention smoke before. Now we're talking about Chico. Tom's another cat. Hey, buddy. Chico's been on the podcast before. Oh,
0: okay. Um, well, what the hell? I don't know. I don't know who they know. <laughs> so who the... So why did they leave the key in the safe? Why, why did the owners leave the key in the safe? Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, on the, on the alarm. Why don't you just, you know, leave the key out of it so they can't get in? But I'm not following the question here. Because you had to open it with the key. The key was in this. It was in the alarm. The key <coughs> to what was in the alarm? To the alarm. So that's how they opened the alarm. Because the, the key to the alarm was in the alarm. Well, it was, in, it was. I mean, it was right there in the lock.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. They left the. the you mean? Well, yeah. I, I'm following now. Uh, yeah, the, the, the little lock on the side that has left a key in there. Probably just because they were thinking that if the alarm ever needed to go off, it would go off. They weren't thinking that this elaborate scheme and heist would happen. <laughs> like, like a lot of people will leave, like, their key in, like, a electric their car. box. Or, yeah, their car or whatever, whatever the case may be. But, yes, they did, in fact, on the side of the alarm... They did
0: leave the key, and that allowed access to the guts of the alarm. Yeah. Uh. So the boys come down. And Josh. It's time to crack the safe. All right. So get it together there. Yeah. Get sorry. your get I, your I, burp out. I had the hiccups. There, so <laughs> um,
1: so yeah, it's time for him to crack the safe, and this is the most unnerving, uneasy scene in the entire movie to me, and that includes a woman being flogged. Um... Well, especially you know they did this on a budget. Yes. So, literally, like the props and tools that they used, that's how they actually did it. So, what they end up doing is this is a safe that is large enough that literally it took four of them to just tip it, it over to tip it. So, what they're doing, because they know they cannot penetrate the front of the safe, the safe is very well built, but they think the back will have less security. Which, to me, is not a bad thought. They figure it's up against the wall. Yeah. They, you know, the, 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 there, are, there are people out here. Uh, Warren Buffett says, why should I paint the back of my house? People only see the front and sides. So, same thought process here. Why should I secure the back to say it's against the fucking wall? Yeah. So, secure the front and sides. So, what they go about doing is tipping the safe over so it can break into the back. But how they do it, just, ugh, it, 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 it's unnerving. For any of you that have not watched this movie yet, that decide, you know, I need to check this out. This, sounds this scene's cool. on YouTube. This, this scene is cool as shit, but it is kind of difficult to watch. So once again, safe is heavy enough that it takes four grown men to tip the damn thing. And what do they tip it onto? A fucking two by four. So it's like on an angle, leaning against a two-by-four. That thing could have broke like a fucking toothpick right then and there and take out all their legs. But then to go one step further, Mm -hmm. Joe then goes under this safe. They put down two shorter two-by-fours, and then they take out the front. 2x4 and just have the safe on Joe's back with them trying their, their hardest to hold it up as they lower the safe down to the two shorter 2x4 two so they can gain access to the back. This whole thing probably only takes like maybe a minute, minute and a half but it is very uncomfortable because you're just waiting for that 2x4 to snap or Joe dies. Or or he, yeah, essentially that safe comes down on Joe good Yeah. End the movie. End the movie. And all it would take was Tony have a little coughing attack and he loses his grip. You in know? real life, we're yes. not even talking. what yes. in the movie, we're talking yes. like
0: the yeah. actual actor like this that is, plays Joe is he'd be dead. This
1: is a very uneasy scene, yeah. and especially you know what, they did it on a dime. But you know what, though, movie magic. And them doing on dime. That wasn't a real fucking safe that size. It was probably just a box that they paid to look like a safe. It so. probably was only
0: about 18 ounces and they just <laughs> made it
1: look like they were struggling to tip it over. That's true. Uh, and that's a
0: good point. Be, be, so. if they, It'd be cheaper actually to do it that way yeah, than actually exactly. get an actual safe. Well, so.
1: and also, uh, it would be a lot cheaper than having Joe, like, fucking die. It, well, die or, you know, bust a hernia or some yeah. shit, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> nonetheless, well, watching it I was like what the fuck I was kind of on
0: edge for that scene yeah <laughs> um, but yeah we see his son starting to come up Joe yeah, and the neighborhood yeah. is getting is starting to wake up uh, but Caesar's got his little contraption to cut the uh, this
1: th- this was cool this scene took a long time to develop excuse me. Um, oh, so the cat. The the season uh I was trapped out, by the way, yeah. people, in case you were wondering. Um the season oh I'm sorry, the scene here took a long time to, to develop, right, but they showed, you know, him drilling into the back of the safe and he had this contraption that you mentioned where essentially they were putting four holes into the safe and setting up like a very cool like tripod yeah that that on it contained a ratchet that would dig in the rest of the way to actually cut, like, a with diamond tip blades, a perfect circle fucking hole for him to get in yeah. to the actual safe. Really cool scene. It was kind of long. It, it, not a bullshit. And they showed that they were having to oil it constantly as they were drilling into it. And they had to muffle the sounds of it right. with a towel and essentially a hair tie. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, but very cool the way that they went about it. I yeah. enjoyed
0: that. Um, yeah, but now the sun is up, though, and the cops Mm -hmm. on the bikes, um, this seemed like a kind of a big kind of fuck-up, uh, because the cops noticed the getaway car. Mm -hmm. So they had a notebook, so basically, I think the notebook was just cars that were supposed to be there, and that car didn't match up, or... My
1: takeaway from it, because that one explained, they showed the cops, uh, walking by with their bicycles, noticing a random car sitting in an alleyway, And then they pull out their their little black book and it's got a bunch of different plates on it. My takeaway from it was, oh, that car was reported stolen. They stole that fucking car to use as their getaway car. Oh, maybe that's, yeah. Because then they go up and they're checking the plates against their book. Yeah, okay. Now, as the cops are doing this, um, Cesar finally gets through the back of the safe. And they go in and grab their booty
0: bo booty,
1: and by booty, let me tell you, people. Two no, what was
0: it twenty eight million francs? Two hundred. Two so, hundred and eighty. Yeah, two hundred. Yeah. Okay. I've got it. I've got it all calculated here, so I'll let. So it it ended up being something like two point eight million dollars American today. Oh, no more than that. Really. Um. Well, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got it on here, so. Now, fun, um, fun fact about
1: the booty that
0: they stole, it
1: was actual, real jewelry. Did you know that? No, really. It was real jewelry. Uh, a real jeweler allowed them to use it in the movie, provided that the police were there at all times to protect it. Like, it was all legit jewelry that they used for that scene. <coughs> well, of all the budget things, I wouldn't think... Yeah. But I think that dude just went to the jeweler and said, Hey, do you want to be in this movie? Can you help me out? Can we
0: use some of your jewelry for this movie? Yeah. Oh. Huh. Um, but the boys head out. They climb the rope. You know, so they got through. they got their booty. But Caesar is the last one. And uh, Now, now Caesar, mind you, went in there to hawk a ring earlier in the movie. So what does he do? He takes it back. Takes it back. And his receipt for said ring... He throws in the safe. Yes. So to me, right away at that point, I'm like,
1: "What the fuck are you doing? You just basically gave them the the the, the red light blinking. It was this guy. You know, like yep. you told on yourself. You told on yourself. But he didn't care because you know he was down one to
0: fucking Marco in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean he was trying to. He's gonna give that fake ring to his girlfriend. So yeah, to Vivienne, the singer from the club. Um. Yeah, Tony goes to the car, but he notices the bike's the police, so he knows... This was a cool scene. I liked
1: this. He's walking up, and he sees these two random bikes sitting here at the end of the alley that he parked the getaway car at. And he keeps walking. And he keeps on walking. He did the smart thing. Instead of turning that corner so the two cops would be looking at him, and then, sir, what exactly are you
0: doing out here at 5 a.m.? You know,
1: he just keeps on walking. In the stolen
0: car. Yes. Yeah, because the cops were actually hiding, so they heard him coming, so... Um, still no sound. Uh, but yeah, then Tony uh, uh, circles back, and basically uh, one of the cops goes to the, one of the shops opens up, and uh, Tony jumps the cop, Um uh, he, uh, he goes to uh, pick up the boys who've been uh, patiently waiting, uh, scoop them up, and they bolt. Yeah. And then Tony does the drop-off thing, uh, he goes up drop off the, the equipment, see I thought this was dumb, they dropped it in the river okay, cool, but it didn't, I mean, what if it doesn't sink? So, it
1: didn't. you got to suspend disbelief here. I thought it was a cool scene, though, because they're leaving no trace, leaving no evidence. That's where Cesar fucked up, throwing that hawk ticket back in the safe. But, once again, Cesar's not the brains. Tony is. Therefore, Tony threw all of the tools, all of the equipment, into the fucking
0: water. <sighs> yeah, I just, you know, but I mean, they don't have the technology they do know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, nowadays they would drag the river and boom, here you go. Yeah, so we cut back to the hideout and after 31 minutes and 14 seconds, uh, they open the bag and Tony says uh, they've got millions. So they have... First words
1: spoken in over a half an hour. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, it, was, uh, it says 200 million, so it was 32 million US at the time. Okay. Uh, so they get, yeah, so something like that. I knew it was in the millions regardless. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a, I mean it's a good score. I, I, I
1: want to say that like in the movie because once again the movie was in French and when they are a billion. When they're showing, yes, that's what it was. It was 2.8 billion, that they were saying, but it was in in francs, not yeah. in dollars right. because it, you know, it's a French movie. Right. So yeah, 2.0 billion francs.
0: Um but yeah, they're going to do pretty well even after the French cut. Uh, but Tony Warren Caesar don't, Don't go wrong sh- with the ladies. Don't chase the ladies. Um, And then we asked Mario if he's got that famous spot. So I guess Mario's got a spot where he hangs. A stash spot. Uh, which makes sense. I mean, yeah. And then we cut to the newspaper people and the front robberies all over the front page. Well you, know?
1: well, 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 you need to backtrack for a second. Um. So as, as he's asking Mario, hey, you still got your stash spot. They're all figuring what. All of them are going to do because they can't just be really gallivanting around town together, you know. It looks a little obvious then, yeah. So, Joe is going to actually go out to England to meet with defense to make sure everything is is all on up and up with defense. Nick is going to try to get back with a motto. Um, Mario's gonna end up going home, you know, or well, they're at his house at the time. His, His lovely wife shows back up and you know. It was kind of funny when she walked in. That scene when she walks in after I got the money. Yeah, you know, that was pretty fucking funny. And he's just like you, 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 you know, <laughs> just, just kind of shushes her. And uh, nonetheless, endearing thing. And, like Tom said, Cesar gets the warning of, um, yeah, stay away from the ladies because that can, you know, fuck up everything. Because, yeah. you know, generally women make us do stupid stuff. Uh, you do mm-hmm. get to see Mario's stash spot, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I didn't even mention that. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, so his stash spot is, like, he's got a table lamp and you unscrew the, the like, top of it from the, from the base of it and... There you go. It's a hollowed out fucking lamp. Yep. Um, but looks all solid. So he drops the shit in there. And then they move forward. And take it away, Tom.
0: Yeah, and then, um, you know, we cut to Cesar. And he's doing the one thing that Tony said don't fucking do. Yep. Over with Vivian. Yep. And I mean, I, mean, I can't blame him. But I mean, it gets worse. He um,
1: he, uh, he gives her a parting gift. Because, you know, he knows he's going to be heading back to Italy. And you know he wants to give her something to remember him by—a special ring. Oh, a ring you say? Yeah. You mean like the one he hawked? the one that originally came from Model's finger when she got beaten. Yeah. The one that's very identifiable to Model's boyfriend, who Vivian works for. Yeah. Oh, that ring—the one that the hawked receipt was thrown into I mean, the, the, the safe thing. for. Oh, wow. And everybody's looking for these thieves because it's all over the
0: front page of the paper? That's crazy. (laughs) That's
1: crazy.
0: Yeah, and uh, the funny thing is, um, she thinks it's fake. So she takes it to her
1: boss, Models, Man, Groot, as we have been calling him. And, you know, because he's like... A jeweler and criminal mastermind and everything. Right. He, he, of course, can look at it and determine whether or not it's Fugazi, um, which he, of course, tells her, yes, it's completely fake, but it is not. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he recognizes that's his girl's ring and asks who she got it from. And, oh, well, I don't really know his name, but, you know, it's Mario's friend. You know, Mario, the guy that used to work for Tony. Yeah.
0: and It they was always, they always called by his last name. I keep forgetting what his last name was, but yeah.
1: So, so you know, basically just kind of in Groot's eyes, who once again, Groot is a criminal, but they explained it right away at the beginning when Tony Amato and Mato and Groot had their first interactions. He's a criminal, but has the cop's in his pocket, he's very well connected. And now the front page of the paper is all this about this heist. Mm-hmm. And hmm, what do I do? Do I get rid of my competition for my lady and get a reward for turning in the guy? Just saying. Everything just la landed
0: in his lap, didn't it? Yeah. And uh motto is back at the club. Um, you know, and last Josh just mentioned, you know, that up paying all these to find the thieves. Um you know, and he's got a visitor, and he goes to confront Model and he sees the marks on her back. Which he had not previously
1: seen, because as Tom mentioned before, she, she she left after the beatdown. She left, went elsewhere, and this is her first time back. She actually, when she got into the club, the first person she encountered, she's like, yeah, don't let Groot know that I'm here. <laughs> so oh. she wanted nothing to do with him. She was just basically trying to get her shit
0: and dip out. Yeah. um, But she won't admit it was Tony. Um, but Mago's leaving and Groot gets physical and then uh, Groot lets her go and says, tell Tony I said hi. Yeah,
1: give Tony my regards. So he knows. Mm-hmm. He knows. He clearly knows. And he, not only that, he's trying to let her know that he knows.
0: And then we go to Groot's office Um, and his dope-sick brother is breaking the drawer for the dope. Um, and you know what a half ass job that by the way. You see that
1: drawer and like the entire face of the drawer is all scraped up. He hit everything but the lock.
0: Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, you know, and uh group gives him dope and uh, but he wants a favor. He wants to get rid of Tony, so if he gets rid of Tony, he'll give him all the dope he needs. And he just starts flipping them sheets, after sheets, after sheets, like, yeah, you can yeah. have all of it. Yeah, but then uh, Groot slugs bust in an office, and uh, this is where Vivian shows the the fake ring, mm-hmm. uh, and she spills the beans like, you know, Josh has talked about. Um, he talks to his boys, and he obviously figures out, they you know, Tony is worth now more alive. <laughs> so if he can get the money, um, he wants the Italian. Um, I guess originally t- uh, Cesar was supposed to live, but I forgot why they changed it. I wrote that down so you can go back and research, but I don't know, but yeah. Uh but yeah, the thugs go to pick up Caesar and uh, I guess he tells him all about Mario. Mm-hmm. So didn't he give up the good, so um But Josh The flogging was the hardest scene, but this is the saddest scene of the movie. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Ida. Ida's her name. Mario's girlfriend, by the way. Yes. His, his, his. Ida. I think that was his wife though, not girlfriend. But, but regardless,
1: okay. regardless.
0: Um but, yeah, uh, Mario and Ida are out having a good time. You know, they're not doing anything too crazy, but they come home, uh, but they have some unpleasant guests through. Um, yeah. And through all the torture and the threats, uh, Mario never says a word, even though they know he's the Tony. Ida calls Tony. Um, you know, and she's like, uh, she wants to save Mario, you know, and uh, to come over, but then she spills the beans and mourns Tony, and basically in the end they're both dead. Yeah, and that was heartbreaking because out of all the characters
1: in in a movie that once well, again they're all criminals, but you, you you grow attachment to people in the movie. I would say Mario and Ida were the
0: most likable people By in far. the entire fucking movie. By That's far. A question. You know, and uh, there's a little t- Lots of lots of well done. Lots of implied violence. Obviously, you can't do the violence that you want to. Uh, but the funny thing about this whole time, though, Josh is those diamonds were. Three feet away from those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh but Mario Kitch you know, it's you know, show up but it, it was the you know I'm sad, but um but Tony goes to get the diamonds, uh but he goes but then he goes to Mono's and he wants to find Groot, uh, but she knows she left him. Oh so he she, yeah, basically Tony goes to find Milo. I uh, he knows that she didn't say anything uh both the you know, the welts and anything and uh but yeah, Tony wants him. Uh so Tony's on the hunt, goes to the club, um his office finds Caesar tied up in the back room and tells Mario's dead. And I uh, confirms that Caesar betrayed him. And the end, Caesar knows the rules. And uh, basically, Tony busts a cap in his ass. So, you said that you can't remember
1: what you read about that. I do remember about it. So, okay. this actually has to do with Jules Nassim, the, 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 right. the, the, the guy who made the movie, who also played the character Caesar. Right. This has to do with the Blacklist situation. So, he, uh, when you're blacklisted, it's a result, he, what he claimed was it was a result from betraying family or friends. So, this was like an ode to that. He betrayed his family slash oh. friends, therefore, they killed him. Just like he supposedly betrayed the country with the... With the Communism. With the, yes. So, he was banished from the country. So, but yeah, that was his ode to being blacklisted.
0: Okay. Anyway, thank you. That yeah, that's yes. perfect. So, um, but yeah, Tony calls the police reports Mario and, and uh, I just death. Um, this is kind of a kind of an odd scene, but uh, Mario's funeral procession. Yeah, yeah, it's kind but,
1: of kind of different. But
0: whatever. But the police are scoping it out because one of the police knows what's going on. Well, because they know because Tony's, in, or uh, because Roots put the put uh the screws to the police. So, mm-hmm. uh. Yeah, Groot, Groot kind of put the info out there, so now they're
1: looking for Joe and uh, Tony.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so they put Groot's out, and uh, basically they kidnap Antonio, Joe's son. Uh, and Joe's son loses a red balloon. They seem to really focus on the red yeah, balloon. Yeah, they did. They did. I did not get the... the
1: symbolism? Yeah, I did okay. not. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get that.
0: Um, Sorry to not be more
1: eloquent with my
0: response. No, no, that, that, that's fine. Um, actually, I didn't mention this earlier, um, you know, so obviously we'd heard about this movie way later, uh, we heard there's a famous heist, how'd you feel about the heist being in the middle of the movie?
1: Actually, like, it was weird placement for it, um, I thought the heist was great itself, but, it created the rest of the movie having, like, a different feeling to it, like, mm-hmm. like, so when they made it that far, where they made it through the heist, now it's when you start rooting for the villains. Right. But just based upon the stupid decisions made primarily by Cesar, what you instead watch was the unraveling of everything, as as you're describing now, where Cesar gets murdered by Joe, where, where Ida and uh, Mario get murdered by... Uh, um, by by Groot's people, where where Groot's now helping them to go after Tony and uh, kidnapping uh Tonio and like like you're seeing the unraveling now, which is a little bit different. Um, I've seen other movies do this formula, like Den of Thieves, kind of worked that way as well, where you had the heist and then everything break down afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, it was different. You would expect the heist to be the the the
0: yeah, it was, um, like, the first viewing, obviously, it's getting, it was getting late in the day, and I was getting tired, I really didn't like the second half, but after re-watching it, there's a lot more depth to the second half than I originally realized, uh, but we'll, we'll get to that, uh, I'm not sure why I brought that up now, but we do whatever the fuck we want, Josh, because it's our podcast, and we do whatever the fuck we want, so, uh, but Louise, um, Joe's wife wants to call the police, but Joe says no. Um, uh, you know, they can get their, you know, the money delivered, they're gonna get the $120, uh, $120 million, uh, you know, and then oh, the fence tells them, you know, they'll be recut, be hard to find, blah, 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 um, uh, it's an awfully small suitcase for the amount of fucking money they got. Just saying, but once again, true. suspend disbelief, um, well, we're to get paid ones or hundreds, you know? Right, yeah. It makes a difference. Uh, uh, but yeah, Tony... And basically, Tony's uh, upset, obviously. Uh, he cares for Antonio. Mm-hmm. And he's pissed. He's going to tear, tear down Paris to find the boy. Uh, but Joe wants to give him, you know, his share. He's like, just take him. I just want my boy back. Uh, but Tony talks him out of it. Uh, the only way to save the boy is to kill the thugs. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, Joe listens to Tony. Tony. <laughs> um, yeah, and then basically, Tony goes to his... Uh, his uh, card friends, formula to play in. Uh, we've got a vignette, of Tony, um, another vignette, a Tony literally knocking on door throw up Paris, and then,
1: uh, feel confuzzled.
0: Yeah, throw up Paris, within then Fred, the card guy's wife. Oh, Fred, okay, so the card guys are the people that were running the card game. Go right. had the restaurant. sorry, okay. Right. Uh, looking on, um, at Louise, obviously she's, Upset. She's yeah, freaked she, out. She's distraught. She's blaming Joe, who's waiting for the call. Um, Louise Cossum, Joe, that means the kids grow up poor, but they didn't become gangsters. And they, you know, uh, they're the real tough ones, not him. Um, Tony calls. And you uh, when Tony left, he said he'd call every 20 minutes. That that was kind
1: of crazy, B, because he literally, he's stopping at a payphone every 20 minutes during the search to make this phone call. When well, he could just call him on his
0: fucking cell, but whatever. Dude.
1: Fucking text me, bro. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Say,
0: hey, you know, any word? All right. He needs cut and paste, too. It's so all I gotta do. You but anyways, good? You good? <laughs> just saying. But, just uh,
1: send me a thumbs up and we find him. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then, uh, but next, uh, Motto meets Tony. Mm-hmm. And she's willing to help. And that uh, Groot's got a villa that they're building somewhere. And Charlie, the dope dealer, visits there. Mm-hmm. I guess Charlie, the dark dope dealer, is a person everybody knows. Um, and Motto shows Tony where the dope dealer lives. So. Don't 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 the plot thickens. Uh, Joe gets a call, and this time it's Groot. Uh, he wants diamonds, but Joe's like, "Well, motherfucker, we got the money." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get the <laughs> we get the money done, and Groot's like, "Well, it's your last chance, sucker." Okay, that's totally not how it went. But wow, I know. Wow, I know. It's it's nineteen eighty over again, dude. Money's. I like this portrayal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tony calls I'm Joe. Get you, sucker. <laughs> right. I've never seen that by the way. What? And I'm a wink for there's Mark, so. Wow. Um, yeah, Tony calls Joe, and Joe, I mean, he's desperate. Obviously, his kids, you know, blah, blah, uh, get the money, but Tony's like, you know, Tony's got a lead. Just be patient, be patient. Uh, Mono goes to the dope dealer, but her friend needs dope. Oh, well, basically, Mono goes. Uh, so basically. Uh, Motto's going as Groot's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and so her brother and he is dope. So basically, I didn't pick this up the first time, so Tony's going to follow the dope dealer to the villa. Correct. So basically, that's what Tony does. Uh, yeah, Motto goes in there, she gets, pays him extra, you know, he was not normally going to do it, La da 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 but very key point, she tries to call, oh, Tony tries to call from the subway. What's mm-hmm. a private line, they won't call. Dun, 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 what
1: do you do? Yeah. What do
0: you do? Uh so he follows the dope dealer to the hideout and he tells the guy motto sent him, uh, I think something's fishy, but Tony whacks the guard. Uh they see a the brother or brother in bed, dope sick, and the dumb kid says, Uncle Tony Oh man. Yeah. Um, but you know the you know, but the dope sick brother sleeps and he tells him to wait in the car, wakes up the brother, threatens him, tortures him, shoots him, uh, and he just leaves the sink overrunning. I kinda like that. I don't know why. Because um, he's a wet bandit? Oh, yeah. I see what you did there, so... I mean, it was just Christmas time.
1: I mean, you gotta have a whole Malone shout there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Right now, everybody listening is like, this guy's an asshole. Uh <laughs> back on again.
0: Uh, but at this point, Tony grabs the kid. Motherfucker uh, oh, fuckers obnoxious as ever.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, I'm sorry, once again, I like children as well, but this kid sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no ways around it. And I
1: mean, I, I, a part of me, when they're like, all right, he stole our kid, part of me, Juan, Joe, would be like, well, you know what? Um, it's all right, we can make another. Let's just get the fuck out of here. Yeah, cut our losses,
0: <laughs> you know, it, it'll be torture for you guys. Uh, but Joe's uh, on the phone, and he gets instructions. But he doesn't realize that Tony's got the boy because Tony couldn't call from the subway. Correct. Did not catch this the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once again, you know, just communication. If you listen to fucking Tony, this all would have worked out. Yep. Um, but Joe jumps the
1: gun because his child is involved. It's an understandable thing. And he leaves when he wasn't supposed to.
0: Yeah, and L- then listen
1: to the mastermind.
0: In the meantime, Joe has a son, or Joe ha- Tony has the son. Goes. To the, I keep calling it the car place, but we'll say the restaurant. Uh, calls Joe, but Joe Joe's gone. Joe's gone. Um, but yeah, and then Groot shows up at the quote-unquote villa. I mean, I know it's under construction, but their villa looks like shit. <coughs> just saying. Just saying. I mean, whatever.
1: You you would not give him a five-star Yelp review. Nope. Okay. Uh, you sure well, it depends on how nice the people were, but... Groot was there. Not very nice. No, yeah. Groot even looked like a dickhead. Like, seriously, just look at him. He looked like an asshole. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of the dude from The Fugitive. Tommy Lee Jones? No, 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 no. Just... Harrison Ford? No. Wesley Snipes? You could stop naming names. <laughs> okay. Asshole. No, there's a character in The Fugitive. It's like a cop but he just has, like, the same look, but he's, like, a mm. bad cop. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Uh, I'll show you a scene sometime. You'll be like, holy shit, yeah, he kind of looks like that dude. He's just a mm. weird-looking
0: fucking guy. He looks like an asshole, though. Gotcha.
1: Okay. You made this way harder than you
0: did. <laughs> uh, Groot shows up. Uh, he sees the guard and his brother are both dead. Uh, then Joe shows up with the money. Uh, Groot lures Joe in with the money. Uh, and he gets lit up, you know, basically Groot shoots him.
1: In the dumbest
0: fucking scenes ever, like,
1: like, so stupid, like, like you said, just listen to what the mastermind told you, all this would have been avoided, but no, no, let me be the hero, and...
0: Yeah. And... Dummy. Dummy. Um, yeah, oh, well, but yeah, and then Groot shoots him, uh, gets a bullet in Tony, into Tony, and he tries to leave with the money, but Tony ain't dead, I mm-hmm. uh, shoot Groot in the back, uh, we go to the house. See, Joe's dead but goes outside throwing another oh or Tony um the Tony (laughs) okay I'm gonna start over here wow behind the movie Magic Air I'm watching
1: Tom read shit that he wrote Right, and you know, it, it is a fucking comedy and tragedy all at once. Well, it was two o'clock in the morning, in my defense. So it uh, is not two o'clock now, though, sir. No, no. What nope. is your excuse at six p.m.? You can't read your
0: own shit. Oh, fuck, man. It looks like it's two o'clock in the morning. So yeah, it's depressing. I don't
1: know. There's You watching in the neighborhood?
0: Oh, uh, no, no, no. Back to it. Okay. it. Read your words. Um, okay. <laughs> Groot lures Joe with the money. Gets lit up by Groot. Groot gets a bullet in. Um. And then Tony shows up, and then Groot gets a bullet into Tony and tries to leave the money, but Tony ain't dead, and he shoots Groot in the back, uh, goes in the house and sees Joe's dead, goes outside, trying uh, puts another slug in Groot just for Chase members. Shits some gigs. He uh, goes to pick up the obnoxious kid, and they are driving. And the kid of whines a whole lot, walking around a convertible while Tony's driving, no seatbelt dumb uh, shit kid Tony's bleeding out everywhere and it, even at one point the kid's pointing a plate gun at his head yeah this kid is the worst um uh, Tony's <laughs> all over um you know the lights of Paris aren't quick um yeah like the one scene like the light went from red to, or from green to yellow to red right away instead of you know yeah, was yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like nah fuck you you're chilling. um <laughs> Yeah, in, in the end, Tony gets the, the um, kid gets the kid home, crashes the car, and dying. The police take the money, and Louise gets the boy. And uh, in the end, Josh, crime doesn't pay. Considering that all of
1: our heroes died. Like, Everybody died. Every, except for this shitty kid and his mom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, that was kind of an abbreviated version. I at the it You know, when I first watched it, I mean, it's like, this ending is stupid. Uh, I didn't explain it very well. But, yeah, let's am re- re-watch, like, watching in English. You know, so you could watch it. To, you know, you picked up on the fact that if, if he was able to make that phone call on the subway.
1: Yeah, if he was able to get that one call through, everything would have transpired differently. Um, but, you know, it's kind of... It's kind of good that he ended the movie that way, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Just, just because, like, he he didn't want you to have the happy story at the end. He didn't want you to, to have, oh, yeah, they came out as winners. He kind of wanted it to be dark, you know. Right. And, and I can appreciate that. And for those of you out there that do want the happy puppy dogs, rainbows, and sunshine, the fucking shitty kid lived. So there you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, great pick, Josh. Uh, definitely not something I probably would have found on my own. You know, it's something different. Um, not a lot of podcasts about this. You know, that's how I usually do a lot of research. Yeah. Uh, which was kind of surprising because, I mean, if it's listed as the number one, I mean, that's just someone's opinion. But, um, I mean, this movie is very well known. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, and being that the movie is
1: also 70 years old, you would think... Yeah. literally. You would think that there would be more about it more notoriety, but once again, it's a foreign film, which I mean, how many of those can you name off the top of your head that are huge?
0: Yeah, I think for the, I think I read somewhere like for the 50th anniversary they released it it's got some pub. I mean, it got some exposure in the Americans, which I assume was a I, pretty big show. It is in the Criterion Collection. Um, yeah. There's a TCM thing about it. I mean, yeah.
1: So, so like, it is a big deal, but it's not as well known. i I literally didn't hear about it until six months ago other than in a rewatch of the Americans. And, you know, I saw this episode a decade ago, but never rang a bell to me, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought it was a very cool watch. I definitely, some elements of the movie are better than I've seen in any other heist movies. Um, like like I said, I love the way that they showed everything for the 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 lead up to the heist yeah. the homework on the heist and the heist itself I thought was incredible um certain scenes in it like like the Rafifi lounge scene where that was cool where vivian's singing rafifi like i thought that was a, a great cinematography great camera work you know um there were aspects of it that i didn't love like the the end chase scene with, the, with everybody dying um, I, I just because I didn't see it going that way, you know. Yeah. It's, it's one of those where you get you get thought in your head of the way something's going to go, and when it doesn't, you know, you're kind of disappointed. But all in all, this was a great fucking watch, a great movie. Yeah. Um, I would definitely recommend it. I'm glad that we did it. Um, and especially it was kind of fun because. Neither of us had seen it. Neither of yeah. us have heard of it. So we're walking into a blind. It's nice when you walk into something blind and it fucking works.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So I was like, I mean, at least I wasn't like, God damn it, Josh, what um, type of
1: horseshit do you got me watching?
0: You know, and then I mean, I guess Jules Dassin was known uh, for like you know the the on set like scenes. Like I mean, they are filming through Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot once you figure out like the guerrilla style, this was this was filmed in. You get a greater appreciation, very much like uh, the movie Warriors, which you can hear a plug in uh, on, on this very network that I did a review of this a couple months Players. ago. Um, but listen you, watch, listen, you watch Warriors, okay, it's cool, but then you you hear what they did to, to make the movie, you're like, wow, mm-hmm. it makes it that much badass. So, yeah, this is awesome. Um, you know, like we talked a little bit earlier, like so the influence and the heat, mm-hmm. you know, um, the town, yeah. listen, I mean, with the, you see the planning going on in the town. Uh, obviously, Mission Impossible. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, i mean to put over Tom Cruise, but the whole hang from the ceiling thing. Yeah, you know. the, like the
1: inspirations are endless, um, and it's been used in other. It's a refrigerator, I think your refrigerator just like shat or something. <laughs> I know what does <laughs> that. Um, anyway, uh, like 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 I mentioned, The Americans, which was a critically acclaimed show, it, it's in there. Um, so their inspiration is everywhere. Their reach is everywhere. Um, another movie that I saw that like a lot of their basing you could tell came from this was uh Den of Thieves, which mm-hmm. a very violent uh, yeah. heist movie, but definitely one that I say is worth checking out. Seeing as how you can watch it for free on most, most major streamers, yeah. Um, I was surprised. I found myself liking a movie that Fifty Cent and. Um Ice Cube Son, O'Shea Jackson Jr. were like stars of <laughs> mm. but that movie was actually pretty good. Um Yeah, I I mean they they've got good reach and I, I've definitely seen
0: parts and pieces from this and other things over the yeah. years. Yeah, like and I was just thinking too so at the end I mean everybody dies. I mean, there's four dogs. Yeah. Everybody dies. This is true. Um, I'd like to rewatch it now I'm thinking about it, though. Have you ever seen the movie Killing Zoe? Yeah. It's... Um, I actually have it on DVD. It's actually... A, um, so it's actually written by Quentin Tarantino.
1: Okay.
0: Um, or is it produced by him? Very, very early. It's got Eric Stoltz in it. But it's about a bank robbery in Paris. Okay. So it'd be interesting to see the parallels. And obviously, this a, a movie like this would be right up Tarantino's alley. I'm just, because just a, not
1: used to Tarantino actually creating his own shit. I'm used to seeing Tarantino rip off somebody else's stuff and claim it as his own like he did to Rodriguez for half of his fucking movies. Sorry. <laughs> that's a whole nother bent. Um <laughs> I think he gets credit to where credit's due, but that's yeah. Dude he claimed from Dust Dawn was his that was oh, Robert, Robert Rodriguez movie. Um come on now. I never heard but I mean whatever. But, I mean But yeah. that being said, I, I just bitch about Tarantino because he has stolen credit. Like uh, kill kill Bill, who do you think of? Do you think of Quentin Tarantino? You don't think of Uma Thurman, who wrote it. Hmm. So.
0: Uma Thur- Thurman wrote Kill Bill? Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, well, we'll look that up. But. So,
1: regardless, you know, I just bitch about Quinn for that. His movies actually are not bad. The only one that I get into arguments with people about is everybody that loves hate Hateful and I say, why do you love a lesser version of of Reservoir Dogs because it's essentially the same movie just in a different locale with different outfits this whole shot the peaky seems a little much but
0: anyways that's all that's all yeah yeah Yeah. yeah.
1: that's that's got nothing to do with this Rafifi was a fun watch I'm glad that we did it it was definitely worth it um yeah shout out to Flipboard because that's how I heard about it Mm. just random they'll send me random shit you know yeah
0: um, it was on Amazon Prime to rent, but it's not any longer. Um, I've, I've got no idea. I just went on Amazon and
1: ordered the Blu ray because I figured that, you know, we would both need to watch it. And yeah, it's not on um, Tubi. Rent- renting it, uh, you wouldn't be able to, you know.
0: Yeah. Why? I will share it. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, go to your library. Your library will have a copy of it. I definitely recommend people watch it a couple times. You know, it it you know you have to watch it once as it's intended, and then watch again so you can catch everything. I would so. definitely
1: suggest exactly that. Watch it once in French with the subtitles. Then go back and watch the English dub. The English dub, excuse me, is not bad. It's a decent dub. Um, there are definitely some points and times where. Like Ida kept talking, but the voice stopped happening. <laughs> yeah, there was that one scene. It was like, oh, right after the heist, where yeah. But uh, but you know, definitely definitely worth check out. As Tom mentioned, if your local library has it, you can rent it for free. I'm going to order it. Are you
0: are you about to play the song? I am. Well, it's the original trailer. So, all right. Well, high fivers, everybody enjoy, it, but enjoy this little trailer. And uh, we'll see what happens, and we'll see everybody next. Josh, thank you again for doing this, for oh. exposing me to the movie, and obviously sitting here for, thank through for the burgers, and for sitting here for two hours watching this with me, so. Always a pleasure. What are we doing next? <laughs> uh, it'll be a surprise for everyone else, but I'll tell you after we're done recording, so. Sweet. See what happens here.
1: Hey, Bella oh.
0: that part out. You just put in the uh, the Rafifi scene of her singing? Yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah.